everybody and welcome to the Communication Coach podcast where we're going to bring the world of hostage and crisis negotiation into everyday communication with me, your host, Nikki Perfect. coach welcome to episode two of the podcast if you're watching on youtube welcome to number two video so today we're going to cover all about you your communication styles and how you can start to change and the only way we can really change is to start to become more self-aware about how we interact with people how we come across to people and the words that we use and unless anybody has ever said to you hey i don't know if you know this but when you say things like that you come across like this and I only found out this because I went on a course and once I'd gone on this very intensive two-week course, hostage and crisis negotiation course, to go and speak to people in crisis and deal with people being held hostage and kidnapped, that I started to look at my own communication styles and think about how I came across. So let me give you an example. So for example, using the word okay as a feather, lots of us do it. Well, we'll be listening to somebody talking and we'll go, oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. And actually, when you're talking to somebody in crisis, especially, or somebody who's got a problem saying, gosh, you know, this is awful, everything's happening to me, and you go, oh, okay, well, it's not okay. So little things like that really matter. So unless you understand and you know that that's how you come across or the words that you're using, you can never change them. So today we're going to look at you, how you come across, how you can work out how you come across to people, and the steps that you can take to improve your communication and the way that you come across. And perhaps people have told you. So let's have a look at some steps that you can take right now to work out how you come across to people. So the first one is ask somebody you trust. Ask somebody you trust to be honest with you and have an honest conversation with you. You know, most of the time in our life we don't have honest conversations, we skit around the issue, we talk about, hey, how are you, isn't the weather nice, you know, what's your day like, really unimportant issues, because we have to have a relationship with somebody before we can trust them impeccably. Now I'll talk about another time about something called the relationship stairwell, the relationship pyramid, where we only feel comfortable with certain people in our lives. You know, all the time we only show people what we really want them to see. So when I'm having a conversation with you, if we've just first met, then we're going to have a nice polite conversation, a tip of an iceberg conversation that goes, your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn, thanks very much, and I'll move on to somebody else. Now, as our relationship builds and we start to get to know each other, then we're more likely to share more information with each other and share what's really going on in our lives. And when we really trust somebody, then we'll tell them what's going on. And sometimes we won't even do it then. Sometimes we won't even do it then. And we'll cover why we don't. Sometimes about the fear of how we look to other people. So let's think about us and how we can improve how we come across. So first way is to find somebody you really trust and ask them, hey, you know, how do I come across in my communication and listen to what they say? And what you'll probably find is that you're listening to justify how you think you come across. So you might well have to take the feedback and go, right, okay, 
let it settle, think about it. Now, a top tip for you is don't ask somebody that you're having an emotional conversation with. And by that, I mean a heated discussion or a row. And don't ask somebody when you've had a drink either. Uh, beer, alcohol, wine is not going to help if you're told something you don't want to hear. So that's number one. And that is quite a full-on way of finding out what you're like. Other ways are to start to listen to yourself, start to think about your own triggers, what makes you become emotional, what become, makes you become angry. Now, whilst we're talking about emotions, I have to tell you this, and I'm sorry to tell you this in episode two of my podcast, and I really don't wish to offend any of you, but you are really emotionally driven. Not only are you emotionally driven, but you're pretty selfish. And I include myself in all of that as well, because we come at things from our own point of view, and quite rightly so, because if we didn't, who's going to look after us? We are there to look after ourselves. We will come at life from what we believe to be true and we will set goals and do things that we like and often we don't do things that we like and we'll cover that another time because that's a huge subject of why we end up falling into the trap of staying in a job that we don't like we have choice ladies and gents we do have choice and we can do what we want to do like we can say what we want to say we can be more caring in our communication we can be full-on in our communication we can be honest in our communication but what i found through my experience is that we're only honest when we know somebody and really trust somebody so when we talk about emotions there are depending on who you read and who you listen to going all the way back to aristotle who says there's eight emotions now to modern day psychologists who say that they're between six and seven but we all have the same emotions and i'm going to cover them quickly and every other emotion that we have runs off that emotion so here here are the emotions trust acceptance and when we talk about trust and acceptance that i trust you are going to accept me fully for the person that i am and we often have that in our very strong relationships with our friends and our family which might explain how sometimes we say or are very emotional in front of them and behave in a way that we wouldn't normally behave in front of other people that we don't know very well. So trust and acceptance. Anger. Anger is a very strong emotion. You know, please don't underestimate how your emotions come out in your language and your behaviour and what we do and how our emotions change our behaviour. Think about a time when you were really angry. I'm going to share something with you that I haven't really shared with very many people before. But when I was much, much younger, and I mean, you know, before puberty, before the age of 11, 12, I probably had ADHD. If you talk to my mum, she would say, had it been around there, had it been more talked about, then she would have taken me to the doctor and asked for treatment because I was a really emotional kid. So I would do things or I would lose my temper and see red mist without even knowing it was happening. I do remember smashing up my room, I do remember trashing my room, I remember ripping things up and having no control over that anger. Now sadly I've seen people killed and murdered and die because of the anger and certainly behave in a different way. And when I look at my own emotions, I know I say and do things when I'm angry that I would never normally do. Anger is a really powerful emotion. Never underestimate the power of Anger, love, jealousy. Jealousy isn't on my list, but the emotion of jealousy is also very powerful. So what about disgust? Disgust is the next one, where we are disgusted at something, perhaps even ourselves. And for those of you that can relate to this, that when you're angry or disgusted with yourself, you might just have a little voice inside your head that, that says, 
not particularly pleasant thing to you. Now, I get this might just be me because I know I'm very emotionally driven, but research and my experience has shown that often we have that little voice inside our head that will put us down, that will pull us down, that will bring us down. Say, oh God, you can't even follow through, I'm disgusted with you. And when they've done research around looking at photographs, these are the emotions that we talk about in recognition, emotional intelligence, in recognizing when somebody is going through this. So disgust is the next one. Then we have fear. Now fear is a real inbuilt uh, reaction from us. So when we were right back in caveman terms, we would have our, our primal brain, our reptile brain, which uh, fight, flight, or freeze is probably what you will best know as. So when we're in fear, we will either fee, flip, fee, we will either flee, or we will stand and fight, or we will freeze and not know what to do. And perhaps you can relate to this at some stage in your life. Um, I can remember being confronted with a man with a very large knife. Now my fear, I wanted to run. Oh my word, I wanted to run, but there was somebody else with me. And so I didn't, so I fought. And I fought probably with a strength that I didn't even know that I had. And I'll always remember that. That will always stick in my mind because that was an unusual event where I was very fearful for my life and for the life of the, the guy that I was working with. And freeze. There's other times where you will freeze because you don't know what to do. Your brain hasn't reacted, so you're not sure what to do. And it's saying, stand still, don't move, and we're going to be safe. So they're the three main things. Fight flight or freeze and actually fear is really interesting because fear is about something that we don't even know often often we will fear the unknown so think about this think about when you have done something that's uncomfortable you're going for a period of change you're not sure you don't have the control we like to be in control ladies and gents and when you don't have that control often you will be hit by fear and the fear is of i don't know what's going to happen next and we can prepare ourselves better for that. So I remember having to jump off a really high diving board when I was about 18. To, I had to do this swimming test. And I remember doing the swimming test and thinking, God, this is okay. I can jump off the diving board. You know, I'm pretty young. I'm okay. I don't have the fear. Nothing's happened to me. I got to the top and I was like, oh my word, that is one heck of a long way down. How on earth am I going to be able to jump off the diving board and just do this? So, you get to the edge, you look down, and immediately is, I am fearful of taking that next step off. I'm fearful of what will happen. I'm fearful of what will happen as I fly through the air. Then once I've jumped off, I'm fearful of what will happen when I hit the water. And then once I've hit the water, I'm fearful of, can I come back up? Can I come back and am I going to be okay? So actually the fear is about me and am I going to be okay because I don't want to die jumping or be seriously injured, which is irrational, which is an irrational fear as I stood there and watched like 20 other people do it, jump off and come up. So then you do it and then you do it and once you've had the experience of doing it, you know it's okay. So next time you go up, you don't have as much fear. I'm not saying all the fear is gone because perhaps you hurt yourself as you hit the water. So you'll have the fear then of hurting yourself if you hit the water. So our experiences help our fear when we don't know what's happened. But we can prepare ourselves more for it. We can prepare ourselves. I don't know, if you're going into an interview, you can prepare yourself before you go into an interview. And you can make plans and preparation and think about how you're going to communicate 
as soon as you walk into that room. So let's continue with our emotions for now, otherwise I'll get sidetracked with lots of other ideas and we're just dealing with being more self-aware. Happiness is another emotion, so think of a time that you've been happy. You know, your behaviour will change whenever you have an emotion and happy. You'll smile a lot more, you'll probably be a lot more open to people, you'll use happy words. Surprise! So think of a time that you've been surprised, and it might be a surprise where you've jumped out your skin, or where you have had a good surprise, you've opened the door and it's a birthday surprise and you weren't expecting it. And how do you behave and the reactions that you give then when you're surprised? And then lastly, we have sadness. And sadness can be a really debilitating emotion. It can be all-consuming. All of these emotions can be all-consuming. And all of these emotions have other emotions that come off them. So but these are the main ones. And these are the emotions that drive us. So what generally happens in our life is something will happen. We have an event in our life. Then we'll think about it. We'll think about the event. And that thought process will cause an emotion, an emotional trigger, depending on your values, your beliefs and your experience. So before you know, I talked about the diving board. If you had the experience of jumping off the diving board, you'd be OK. But what if, just what if, somebody had said to you, uh, oh, yeah, I knew somebody who jumped off that diving board five years and they died. Now, I know that's an extreme example. But now you have a belief. Now you have a belief created by somebody else about an event that you weren't involved in, that you never knew about, that suddenly your belief will become stronger because you go, oh my gosh, I can see how that happened. If you have that fear of the unknown, and then it will create a bigger fear. What about if you were brought up to like animals? So I was brought up in a world where we generally always had a dog. If we didn't have a dog of our own, we were looking after a dog. And consequently... I love animals, I love dogs, and I still have dogs in my life now. Now, if my parents had brought me up and told me that dogs were evil, that dogs were dangerous, perhaps when they were a child they'd had an experience where they'd been barked at, or they'd been bitten even, and then that will form their belief, and they'll transpose that belief into you. So suddenly now you have a belief, so every time you see a dog, you're going to have a different reaction, a fear reaction, which is going to cause a change in your behaviour. So I'm pointing these emotions out to you, really, because I'd like you to start thinking about how you react when you're emotionally driven, what you do that is all about you, what you come at from your own perspective what emotions you're displaying and what is the trigger for those emotions because once you can start to recognize how you behave when your emotions are in play you can start to change that behavior and change the words and change your communication that go with all of that so think about the emotions that you have think about what drives you so the event will happen you'll have a thought process you'll go into your emotions and as a consequence of your emotions you'll behave in a specific way. And when we behave in a specific way, we will communicate in a specific way. So if I'm angry or I'm frustrated, frustration born from anger probably, I will shout. I will shout. My voice will be different. My tone will be different. My behaviour will be different, which will get a different reaction from the people that I'm interacting with. And inter human interaction is really important because you can make somebody's day or you can break somebody's day. You can empower or you can disempower. 
You can leave people feeling motivated and strong and I can conquer the world. Or you can leave them thinking, what on earth was that all about? What was the meaning behind of that? Why are they angry at me? I don't know. And then they will start to question themselves and it will all have a chain reaction. All of those things. Now, I just wanted to cover a couple of other things, so bear with me here. So why is this important? Because if you can recognise how you come across, if you can recognise the words that you use, if you can recognise how you are with your children, with your partner, if you're a leader, what you're like at work, how do you interact at work, what conversations do you have at work, and do you really listen, are you really there for somebody? Because that is such an important thing and something that I personally feel that we miss out on in life is often we're so busy over-talking, over-busy, doing other things that we forget about that human interaction. We forget about just being there in the motion. And our emotions are like so strong. Now you can read books on this. I'm going to refer to The Chimp Paradox because I think it's a very easy read. I think it explains very simply how your brain works. Basically you have an emotional brain, a logical brain, a reptile brain. And your reptile brain will be released when you're emotional. And you'll do things that you wouldn't normally do. You know, I'm just going to talk about some experiences that I can relate to. I remember I used to live in South London. And one day I was looking out of my window and there was a guy. I used to live next to an alleyway and there was a guy in the alleyway. And he kept ducking down every time a car came past. And I thought, mm, you know, this is not normal behaviour. I... This isn't, there's something not right here. So I let it go for that night and he was there again the next night and he was doing exactly the same. So I phoned the police and the police came and he ran off and they, they never spoke to him. And then he was back a couple of days later and lo and behold, uh, I called the police again and they stopped him and they phoned me up and they spoke to me afterwards and they said what happened was his ex-wife, his ex-wife lived down my road and he was there watching her. Now, you would not do that normally. You would not behave in a way like that normally because you're being driven by emotions. You change and you change your communication. And you see this when people go through divorces and, and relationship breakup. You see the emotion involved and the language that is used. You see emotion involved in, in parent-child relationships where we say things to our kids that we shouldn't be saying I mean, that's quite a powerful statement there or I'm going to change the word from should you know because should is a very powerful word but we could manage better if we were more aware of our emotions and sometimes we just have to take the time out when we know when we know that we're being triggered into an emotion but we don't we carry on the conversation, we say things we don't mean, we behave in a way we don't mean, we get a reaction back from the other person that will be emotional, and then we're on this wheel of, I'm going to be angry, you're going to be angry, I'm going to be angry, you're going to be angry. Uh, Batari's box, if anybody's heard of Batari's box, but it's, it, it's your attitude affects your behaviour, affects my attitude, affects my behaviour. I'm going to give you a really simple example around that, just to wrap up so that you can relate to this in your life. And then my challenge for you today is, I'm going to leave my podcast with a challenge for you, is that you start to look at your own behaviour and you start to look at when you're triggered by emotion and watch other people and what triggers them. Um, you cannot stop this unless you're really strong, but you have to be conscious. All the time you have to be conscious. So if we can start to recognise it, I'm not saying that it's going to go away 
and that it's going to be easy. What I'm saying is if you can recognise it and you recognise your trigger, then you can take yourself out of the situation. And as a kid, I wish I'd known this. I really wish I'd known this. I wish somebody had sat me down and said to me, you know, Nick, there will be a trigger when you can feel yourself getting that red mist. And when you're getting that red mist, that is the time to walk away and say something honestly, like, you know what, I'm getting red mist and I don't want to say something that or do something that I regret and I'm going to take myself away. Please don't follow me. I'll come back to you. And then you go away, you take yourself away and then you come back to it later on when your rational, logical brain is back in. So, for, for example, so that you understand this more clearly, and perhaps you can relate to this, but I always find when, I miss, when my keys go missing, it's not at a time I have loads of time. It's generally at a time where I have little time and I need to get somewhere. Now, my values and beliefs are massively about time. I was a police cadet. I was punished if I was late. I was punished if I wasn't on time. I was told and taught that it was professional and that if you weren't on time, you come across as unprofessional. Now, that is still in my adult life. You know, 30 years later, you can work the my age out from that if you want to. 31 years later, uh, I'm still doing that and I'm still driven by that. So let's go back to the emotional and we'll cover values and beliefs in another time. So I lose my keys or the keys are not where I expect them to be. I'm dashing around. I don't know about you, but in my mornings they're generally crazy they're generally hectic i've got animals i've got a 10 year old in my life i've got a partner we're all very busy doing our own thing so the conversation will go hey has anyone seen my keys it will start off light-hearted hey has anyone seen my keys nothing bah tumbleweed so now i start to get frustrated and so my tone will probably change and i'll probably shout a little bit louder hey has anybody seen my keys anywhere nothing so now I am going to be walking around the house probably slamming stuff. So my behaviour is starting to change. Okay, my behaviour is starting to change. It's all in here. The event, the thought process, the emotions affecting my behaviour happens in a matter of milliseconds. So my behaviour is changing. I'm now stomping around. I'm a little bit chopsy. Chopsy for people that don't know. So I'm a little bit frustrated. I'm a little bit angry. And I, my tone is changing. So I'm now shouting, has anybody found my keys? Nothing nothing now i'm thinking i really have to get out i've got to get out that door i've got to get that train i've got to get to this meeting and all the other values and beliefs that are going on behind this sorry for those watching the video with the screen dimming i should work on that for future for future episodes so i am now frustrated and angry my behavior my tone my attitude is changing everything's changing and I'm going to go into blamer mode. I'm going to blame somebody else for this because it can't possibly be me because when I walk in, I always hang my keys up in the key hook so I always know where they are. Of course, can you relate to that? Or perhaps I haven't done that. But that's what my brain is telling me. God, I always do this. It always happens to me. Somebody else has moved my keys deliberately to sabotage my life. And that's not true, is it? That's a completely irrational thought driven by my emotions now. So I am going to say, who has moved my keys? I might even swear if, if Meg's not there. If she's there, then I won't be. If she's there, I'll be like, oh, come on, who has moved my keys? Nothing. And then the voice will come. The normal, logical, rational voice. The question from somebody who is not filled with emotion. My other half will say, where did you leave them? 
And of course, that is an explosion waiting to happen because if I knew the answer to that, I wouldn't be looking for my keys. And actually, that's a simple, logical question whereby once I engage my logical, rational brain, I can go, actually, where did I put them? Where did I do? What did I do? And I'll backtrack and I'll find the keys. But that simple scenario will affect the rest of my day because it will have put me late, I'll end up being late, I'll now be living into my values and beliefs of, oh, look, I'm professional, I'm going to look ridiculous, people are not going to believe what I'm saying, and all of those other bits, which are, again, completely irrational. So that's how powerful your emotions are, and that is a simple day-to-day -day of how my emotions affect me. I get that I'm, I'm emotionally driven. I'm hoping some of you can relate to that and go, oh, yes, I can, I can see why that might happen. And sometimes you come home and the house is a mess and you go, hey, the house is a mess, I can deal with this. Sometimes you come home and the house is a mess and you go, what? And you'll explode. And that's all driven by you. That's all driven by your thoughts, your feelings, your behaviour. So see how powerful it is if you can become consciously aware and see how you can change not only your day but the day of everybody else. Thank you for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, share. If you can write a review for me, if you like it, please let me know what you want me to cover in the future. I have some ideas, but this is about you. This really is about you. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen. I hope whatever you're doing, you have a good day, a good evening, wherever you in the world, are in the world. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you.